time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we round out the show with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Evening, Paolo. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome back, Simon. Thank you. We missed you in Qatar. Uh, now, this uh, fascinating report by FIFA Pro Asia Stroke Oceania into Asian club competitions. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this today. The key findings include uh, the not-so-surprising revelation that the Asian Champions League is rather unprofitable for clubs uh, and also that players are being put under excessive strain uh, by the travel. Uh, do you agree? And is there a solution? Well, that's the $64 million question, isn't it? The the solution. Um, you know, I, I, I've read the report from, from front to back and back to front, and it is a very interesting read and, and credit to, to FIFPRO and, and the PFA here as well for investing the, the time and resources into it. I don't think there's enough external discussion and debate about wider issues in, in Asian football. So it's good to see this on the table. And, and they've raised some, some very valid points, as you said, around the commercial viability and, and the strain on the players um, without wanting to, to downplay or downtalk the, the report itself. What they're saying isn't necessarily new news. We know that the ACL hasn't been maximising its potential. That's been known for, for many years now. So, you know, stating that is almost like stating the, the bleeding obvious. It's how you fix that that's the, the difficult part. And as you said, how you... Um, hey, then go and find a, a solution to those problems. AFC have, have tried to do that with their reforms with this new AFC Champions League elite by reducing the number of teams, um, making it as a, a more elite competition, spreading the uh, the teams out across three tiers uh, of, of competitions and, and trying to make it more equitable across the board. And the report finds that that goes some way to alleviating the concerns that they had, but not all the way. Um, but I think the, the real answer is there's there's no perfect solution in Asia. When you've got a continent as vast as Asia is in terms of the, the geof geographic spread, um, it's going to be incredibly difficult to, to find the, the perfect solution um, but it's good to see that this is on the table. As I said, we, we need more discussion and debate around Asian football and, and the issues that impact it. So um, fair play to, to FIFPRO and the PFA for that. Well, as it is, the uh, ACL knockout phase is in full swing. Uh, some very, very interesting ties, but none more so than Yokohama Marinos, uh, where Harry Kuehl's taking on Bangkok United. Yeah, absolutely. His, his first uh, game in charge last week, uh, they were 2-0 up and, and threw that away to draw 2-2 two -two with, with Bangkok United. So that one is, you know, evenly poised as they head into the second leg. At home, you would expect Yokohama to, to be too strong, but, you know, they showed some defensive weakness perhaps last week that Bangkok were, were able to exploit. So um, that's a, a fascinating matchup. As you said, the uh, the... The, the final round of, of matches in the, the round of 16 taking place um, over over this week across the uh, the east and the west. And, and that's probably one of the ties that's most evenly poised, um, particularly in the east zone, um, going into uh, going into that final round of matches. I'm, I'm fascinated by this this Harry Kill project at, at Yokohama and, and how it's going to go because, as I've said before, he doesn't particularly have the runs on the board. So this is a, a huge opportunity for him, but he's got to hit the ground running straight away. They expect to get through this 
to reach the quarterfinal stage of the uh, of the AFC Champions League. Um, and they've given themselves a little bit of work to do by throwing away that two-goal lead. Now, in the West, uh, Paul Cristiano Ronaldo's goal gave uh, Al Nasser a 1-0 cushion to take into their second-leg tie uh, against Al Faya, uh, who are also from Saudi Arabia. And just looking at the spread of teams across East and West, Japan and Korea predominance in the East as they normally are. And in the West, it, it could well be that three Saudi teams go through. Again, I guess this speaks to the earlier point. Is this a healthy competition that we're looking at? Yeah, well, that's the, that's a, it's a good question. We know that the Saudi clubs historically have always done well in this competition anyway. And that's before the, the investment that's come in over uh, the last 12 to 18 months, you know, you look at what Al Halal have done in this this competition. Al had, you know, one back to back Champions Leagues, you know, two decades ago. Um, Al Akli have made the final in the past as well. So it's a, a competition um, that Saudi clubs have historically done well in. Now, with all this investment coming in, you'd expect that to to be the case even more. So it shouldn't surprise that, you know, three of the final four clubs in the West are probably going to be from Saudi Arabia. So um, it just is what it is, but it's also an opportunity for the, the competition now to capitalize on the investment that's gone into Saudi Arabia and try and have that flow on effect into the AFC Champions League and capitalize on that. As of next year, we know that in the, the knockout rounds, there is going to be uh, more crossover between East and West. Um, so there's the opportunity for, you know, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo or Neymar, whoever it might be, to come up against clubs in the East. And it's up to the AFC now to to um, to piggyback on the back of that commercially and, and make this the success that, you know, FIFA Pro was talking about that they need to do to make it more commercially viable for, for their clubs. So um, uh, it, it's, it just is what it is now with the, the investment. Three Saudi clubs in the, the Final Four in the West – Probably LIE in one of the the big clubs from um, from the UAE as well, and I guess you, you still want that from your competitions. You want your biggest and best clubs to be at the, the the pointy end. So I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing as well if the the biggest and best clubs in West Asia are at the the pointy end of the competition. That's what it, that's what it should be. And on Thursday, uh, a very exciting clash for us uh, here in Australia. MacArthur taking on Central Coast in the zonal final of the AFC Cup. A bit of history there with two Australian clubs meeting each other in regional competition for the first time with uh, Odisha awaiting the winners. And um, that team includes a certain Roy Krishna. It does, yeah, who's who's made a, a great name for himself uh, in India since he moved over there a, a couple of years as well. And, and they're flying. I think they're top of the Indian Super League as well. So they, they come into this in, in good form as well. I think it would be the first time that Australian club would have played an Indian club in, uh, in continental competition as well. So another little bit of history there for whoever it might be, Central Coast or MacArthur. As you said, it's an, an important night, an historic night, first time two Australian clubs meet. Uh, in AFC competition. And I think the winner of this, if they get past Odisha, which you would expect them to do, but again, you can't take anything for, for granted, but you'd expect that whoever gets through Central Coast or MacArthur really should now be going on all the way to uh, to the final to, to play the team from West Asia. Um, and they give themselves a great chance to, to win some continental silverware. Second tier competition it may be, but continental silverware is still continental silverware. It's the last year of the AFC Cup in this format because it changes now to uh, the AFC Champions League 2 after this. So a little bit of history as well on the line as the, the last team to, to win this trophy and to win this 
competition. So whoever it might be, um, we should be hoping they get through to the final and, and potentially lift it and create some history for Australian clubs. Yep, absolutely. It's time uh, one of our clubs uh, did well in Asia once again. Now, uh, on the national team scene, probably the least surprising news over the last uh, few days was the fact that Jürgen Klinsmann has parted company with the Korean FA uh, as their head coach, of course, uh, they got a little bit further than Australia in the Asian Cup, but uh, the fans were never really uh, happy with him as coach. So uh, who takes over, Paul? I've, I've seen the name of Park Hang-So, who, of course, did so well with uh, with Vietnam being thrown into the ring. Is is he a possibility or will they go foreign again? He's a possibility, but I hope not. Um, I think Korea should look for a coach perhaps a little bit more adventurous than, than Park Hang So huh. is yeah, that's um, fair. <laughs> and 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 highly appropriate too that Klinsman was fired over Zoom given his reluctance to actually live in in Korea and the accusations of him being a a work from home coach. It's a fitting way for his his spell <laughs> with Korea to end. Um, for for me, so much of this is 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 being put on Jurgen Klinsman and his failure, and now there's this big furor about the the fight that happened between Son Hung-min and Lee Kang-in. And for me, that's a distraction from what should be the, the real issue here. And that's the the failure of the, the KFA and, the, and their leadership. From what I understand, they went through a recruitment process um, for, the, for this head coach position who recommended a, a Spanish coach. Um, and it was the the chairman, Chong Mung-gu, who effectively did a, a captain's pick and and decided to appoint Jurgen Klinsmann himself, and it's a decision that's you know backfired spectacularly because they've arguably wasted one of their best opportunities to break their 64-year Asian Cup drought. They've got this golden generation of talent. Who knows if Son Hong Min will be at the next Asian Cup? This was their opportunity, and they wasted it by appointing a coach that everyone knew was going to be a failure from the moment he was appointed. There was enough red flags there from his time with Germany, from his time uh, with the USA, for any national team um, with a decent amount of competence to, to be aware of, of what they were doing. And they went down that path and and now, um, you know, it's it's blown up in their face. Um, and, and Chung has not really come in for, for a lot of criticism. There's been a little bit of backlash from the fans, but um, there's been distractions elsewhere. And I think that's where the focus of this now should be lying is on the leadership of the KFA that actually allowed this to happen in the first place. Plenty of other coaches have uh, gone as well. I see uh, Hussein Amutra has uh, also left Jordan following their shock run to the final. He's got some family issues back in Morocco. Uh, other coaches to go, uh, the beautifully eccentric Peter Segert of Tajikistan, Alexander Yankovic of China, no surprise there, uh, Juan Antonio Pizzi of Bahrain in the last couple of days, and Oman have already got a new coach in to replace Branko Ivankovic with Yaroslav Silhavi of the Czech Republic. Uh, Paolo, we could ask you about all those uh, appointments or departures, but unfortunately the clock has beaten us. Uh, maybe we'll get uh, into one or two of those next week, along with uh, Kevin Moskett's first game in charge of Shanghai Port, which happens in the CFA Super Cup against Shanghai Shenhua this weekend. But uh, for now, uh, thanks, mate, and uh, we will speak to you next week on Football Asia. Thanks, Paul. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.